0: Chapter Fourteen of the Whispering Man by Henry Kitchell Webster. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter Fourteen and Tries an Experiment. I think that is all there is to tell, she concluded after a little silence. When I saw that mark on the floor, I didn't know whether I was mad or not, for a dream or a ghost could not leave a mark yet the print i saw there was the print of dr marshall's foot i had seen him standing there in my room just as plainly as i saw him that day in the office i've been torturing myself with that all day i didn't want a doctor i knew what he'd think well enough but i thought if i could talk to you and mr Stancliffe, perhaps you could do something perhaps you would tell me whether i was mad or not anyway Geoffrey got up and looked at his watch i am going out for a few minutes he said but i'll be back directly in the meantime remember the first thing i said to you when you came in here you have been during these last few days in a very real and tangible danger the danger is over now because we understand what it is we've learned the source of it as regards being mad don't worry about that you are saner than i am or than most people are you've shown yourself to be one of the sanest and one of the bravest people i know of now don't worry he went out without another word and a moment later i heard the door of his apartment close behind him i guessed that he wanted to telephone and did not care to take us into his confidence just then regarding the message he was going to send the moment he had gone gwendolen turned to me must i wait any longer she asked can't you trust me with the whole story now it's all very well to be told not to worry and that it's coming out all right i believe it is but if you know-i don't know said i i am as much in the dark as you are the curious thing about it is that geoffrey himself didn't know when we sat down in this room to talk it over after dinner and then suddenly he just guessed my mind isn't like jeffrey's or mr stancliffe's it can't fly it can only go straight ahead a step at a time i imagine mr stancliffe sees something the same thing that jeffrey does he wrote to me three or four days ago about having a clue which he was working on i haven't seen or heard from him since but i am pretty sure of this that between them they'll solve it jeffrey told me just before you came in that it would be solved tonight. I know he means it. He isn't the sort to talk idly. She leaned back in her chair, her eyelids drooped lower and lower, and her hands lay inert in her lap. I'm so tired, she said, that I'd just like to stop altogether and never go on again. Did you ever feel like that? It was then that I had a really good idea— How long is it? I asked. Since you have had anything to eat. Since you've really eaten anything, I mean. I don't know, she said. I really don't remember, but I do know that food would choke me now. I reached for the telephone nevertheless, and ordered an eggnog and a sandwich. You needn't taste either of them when they come, unless they look good to you, said I. They arrived, just as Geoffrey was returning. "'Good for you, Drew,' he said, noticing the contents of the tray. "'We ought to have done that long ago.' Gwendolen was still inclined to be rebellious. "'If you'll eat at all,' said Geoffrey, "'you shall have some good news, but not until after the last swallow and the last bite.' Once she got started, it required no urging to make her continue." ''I wonder why girls are always so silly about that,'' she observed. ''We get into a dreadful state of mind and think we are going to die of all sorts of complicated emotions, when the only thing the matter with us is that we are hungry!'' She drank the last of the yellow liquid in the tall glass, and then turned to Geoffrey. ''Now, have I earned my good news?'' ''I've been talking to Mrs. Marshall over the telephone,'' Geoffrey said, and she's coming straight here she's on her way now she says that jack is a great deal better so much better that she's had a talk with him about the whole affair the first one since the murder was committed gwendolen pressed her lips together tightly i suppose she wants to hear all that i can tell her she said well i'll do my best that's not what she's coming for Geoffrey said She already knows all you can tell her, and more, too. She's coming to take you home with her. Mr. Drew and I are going out to Flatbush tonight, and we are going to spend the night in your room, or as much of the night as may be necessary. We mean to catch the ghost, Miss Carr. I expect he will prove solid enough. By the way, do you mind sitting down and writing a little note to your landlady, telling her that we're all right, and she's to do what we say?' it was real then she asked a real man who got into my room and stood there glaring at me but if he was real and wanted to kill me why didn't he do it when he had the chance never mind that said Geoffrey easily you'll know in good time before she had finished writing the note madeline arrived the two women had hardly seen each other before since madeline on the day of the inquest had been heavily veiled and had had no idea that the young girl who took the stand as the last person known to have seen dr marshall alive would ever cross her path again and while madeline stood there looking across the room at this young girl whose life story she had just heard for the first time from jack's lips as she stood there looking at her, I looked at Madeline herself. I saw the color come up into her cheeks, and a softer brightness, the brightness of tears, come into her eyes. I had never seen just that look in Madeline's face before. I knew now what it was that I'd always missed there. Then she held out her hands to Gwendolen. You poor dear child, she said unsteadily. You poor dear pair of children you and jack she crossed the room impulsively and took the girl in her arms and kissed her but you are going to be happy now she said you two trust us for that then she looked over her shoulder at me can i take her now clifford this instant you'll have to ask jeffrey said i he's running the show we'll leave it to her he said miss carr do you feel equal to having an experiment tried on you not tonight, mr jeffrey protested madeline wait until to-morrow for whatever it is i don't think it will be very painful said jeffrey at least it will soon be over if you feel equal to letting me try it to-night then tomorrow morning at breakfast i think i can guarantee you the whole story complete but it isn't necessary said madeline it can't be necessary won't tomorrow morning do just as well i don't know just what you mean by trying an experiment on me gwendolen said thoughtfully but i shan't mind anything even though it is painful that will help solve our problem or that will make the complete solution come any quicker than it otherwise would but she hesitated there isn't any doubt about what you told me is there you do know don't you who it was that killed jack's father no there is no doubt about that said Geoffrey quietly i don't think you will find the experiment painful i want you merely to come across the hall to my quarters to see if you recognize something that i shall show you madeline seemed half-minded to make some further protest against the plan but apparently she thought better of it for she drew the young girl's arm through her own and turned to Geoffrey. all right then said she the sooner the better we're ready i'm not an orderly person like mr drew he said so my things are all higgledy-piggledy he led the way out into the corridor unlocked his own door and preceded us into his quarters touching a wall button which flooded the room with light as he did so sit down somewhere he said all of you it won't take me but a minute to find the thing i want or at least i hope it won't he opened his escritoire as he spoke and began rummaging among the riotous disorder of incongruous articles which were shut up within it was while he was so occupied that i made a discovery which caused me acute embarrassment and not a little annoyance laid out in a row on the centre table the most conspicuous thing in the room was a complete set of the plaster casts which geoffrey had taken from dr marshall's hands only a few days before the murder it seemed horribly inconsiderate of geoffrey to have brought her in here where they were if it should occur to her to ask whose hands they were or if there should be anything about to enable her to make the discovery for herself they would prove about as grisly a reminder of her frightful experience as could well have been contrived when i reflected what her occupation was or had been up to a few days ago when i remembered the little glass table in the corner of the barber shop in the st anthony hotel it seemed to me more than likely that she would be able to identify those hands just by looking at them without asking a single question I did what I could to divert her attention from them, by attracting it to other objects about the room, the Japanese prints on the wall, and so on, and I tried, vainly, however, to catch Madeline's eye and enlist her assistance, but her attention seemed fixed upon Geoffrey as he bent over his writing-desk and pulled out one drawer after another, only to shut it again with a bang, after tumbling over its contents with his impatient fingers. Presently I saw that my efforts at diversion had been of no avail. The moment Gwendolen's eyes fell on those white plaster hands, they drew her like a magnet. She left her chair and stood over the table where they lay, gazing at them as if they had fascinated her. "'Aren't they beautiful?' she said, after a while, glancing up at me. "'They're considered so, I believe,' said I how i wished that Geoffrey would hurry up and find the thing he was looking for in the desk in vain i signalled madeline to do something to create a diversion they're all the same pair of hands the girl remarked at length although they are in different positions so they can't be from a statue they must have been made from a live man have you any idea whose they are dr drew i haven't an idea i stammered what's that said jeffrey from the desk speaking in his most casual tone didn't i tell you about them i thought i had they're dr marshall's for an instant i mentally accused him of the most utterly inhuman want of tact i'd ever encountered the next instant i saw my mistake saw that the article he pretended to be searching for in his desk was a pure that the real experiment connected itself somehow with those hands it was rather cruel i thought but not inconsiderate the effect of his words on the girl was most surprising she did not shrink nor turn pale she coloured a little instead and her eyes sparkled as if with anger don't you trust me after all she asked why are you trying to play me a trick these are not dr marshall's hands how do you know geoffrey asked because hands are the only thing i do know a hand is as individual to me as a face i work on them from morning till night they are the first part of a person that i see i watched dr marshall's for more than an hour that terrible day in his office do you think i could forget them geoffrey seemed to find it hard to control his voice but he still did his best to make it sound casual and commonplace can you tell me he asked how those hands that you are talking about were different from these on the table why they were larger she said they would need a glove of full size larger than these they were beautiful hands too but quite different from these in every way the fingers were more pointed and the nails more almond shaped and then the middle fingers of dr marshall's hands were longer the whole hand when the fingers weren't stretched apart made an oval Geoffrey's eyes were blazing now and his colour was as high as hers when he spoke again his voice was trembling with an excitement which the utmost repression could not conceal miss carr he said these casts here on the table were made in my presence from dr marshall's hands if you doubt my words mrs marshall here will tell you what i say is true suddenly i saw that the girl was trembling violently and that every particle of colour had receded from her face she swayed a little where she stood madeline saw it too and going quickly up to her put a strong arm about her Geoffrey had hesitated an instant. "'Now he went on again. "'But nevertheless, Miss Carr, you are not mistaken, "'or at least only partly, "'for these are not the hands of the man "'who sat behind the desk in Dr. Marshall's office "'when you talked to him that day. "'They are not the hands of the man "'who made that wanton and brutal attack upon you, "'for when the bell rang that summoned you into his office, "'Dr. Marshall was already dead.' and the man you talked with was his murderer. End of chapter 14